and welcome to the Vineyard Church Springbrook podcast from right here in Alcoa, Tennessee. We post our Sunday messages here each week and the occasional special announcement or series. You can visit vineyardchurch.us and select Springbrook from the menu to learn more about us or to access our audio archive. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts. And now, here's the episode. I get the joy of uh, sharing our scripture today, and our reading comes from Acts 2, 14, 32-39. Then Peter stepped forward with the eleven other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. God raised Jesus from the dead, and we were all witness of this. Now he's exalted to the highest place, higher, highest honor in heaven, at God's right hand. And the Father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see and hear today. For David himself never ascended into heaven, yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies. Make them a footstool under your feet. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is promised to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, buddy. You can just leave it up here. Thanks. All right, I'm back. Um, we are starting something this week that I, I've been um, excited about, and um, it's something that's going to take us through the whole rest of the Easter season and into Pentecost. Uh, but for the first time that I know of, the, the vineyard, as in our entire movement all over the country, um, are sharing a series of sermons uh, together, sermons and talks over the next few weeks that, that we will be doing alongside our vineyard brothers and sisters all over America, and honestly, a few beyond as well. Um, and so for the next few weeks, we're going to join them uh, in this series, which feels very, uh, we follow the lectionary a lot of times here at the Vineyard, and so that's something that I feel like joins us with other churches all over the world. And so this feels like a little bit um, of something special, that we get to join our movement, our denomination. Some of you are like, the Vineyard's a denomination? Well, sort of. We call ourselves an association, but it's basically the same thing. Um, and so, so we're going to join each other, and we're going to take a, look, a closer look at two things. Um, one is we will be taking a closer look at the Holy Spirit. And then the second is sort of as a byproduct of that, we're going to talk about uh, uh, what it looks like to be vineyard. What, what is the vineyard? Um, and so anyway, I'm excited. So, so today we are going to talk about the Holy Spirit, uh, who the Holy Spirit is, why it matters to us. But before we jump into that, I want to show you a video. And this video comes uh, from a course called Alpha. It's something we're uh, hoping, I'm hoping that we will host in the fall. Um, if you have a youth age kid who comes to our youth group, they've been doing Alpha for the last uh, few months. It's this um, 
really cool course about the basics of Christianity, and so I'm sure that they have enjoyed listening to it, but one of the things that Alpha does is they uh, take a video camera all over the world, sort of like a, a late show or something, and ask a question about some of the basics of faith. So this is them asking, um, what is the Holy Spirit? So. I don't know, sorry. I don't know. That's a tough one. Um, it's... God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. They're all like a trinity. Angels? I don't know. It's, it's God. I think the Holy Spirit is different for everyone. Wouldn't that be your conscience? Huh, I have no, I don't really have a, a lot of, I don't know. I don't know who the Holy Spirit is. I mean, I don't know. Third person of the trinity? Um, the Holy Spirit? I've never even really much thought into that. Quick. Um, I love I love that video. I relate most to the guy uh, at the end um, who's like, oh, I never really have thought much about this. Um, I feel like there's so much confusion today about the answer to the question that they were asking, what or who is the Holy Spirit? Um, I don't know about you, but uh, the religious circles that I grew up in didn't talk much about the Holy Spirit. Uh, We talked a lot about Jesus, a lot about God, and the Holy Spirit was there, kind of. But, but, you know, last week we talked about a four-part gospel of the four chapters of of the story of God and how maybe um, we've kind of taken two of those chapters and put them in the back seat. So to continue to steal from an analogy that was okay at best, um, that's kind of been my experience of the Holy Spirit, is that uh, God and Jesus were driving the car and the Holy Spirit was kind of uh, put in the back seat or in some places maybe in the trunk. Um, So when I came to the vineyard, I felt like I spent a lot of time learning about the Holy Spirit and and then unlearning some of the things uh, that I knew. Some of you may relate to this. Um, Maybe like me, you don't have tons of information about this. Or maybe you're the exact opposite. Maybe you grew up in in a tradition where the Holy Spirit was the driver of the car. And maybe that was a wonderful experience for you. Or maybe it was a really manipulative or emotional experience for you. Or maybe you're here uh, like the majority of Christians, the majority of Christians fall into this category. There's a Barna study done a few years ago uh, that discovered that 62% of Christians in the U.S. no longer believe that the Holy Spirit is a real being. We all come from different places of knowing and different places of not knowing. And so my hope today is to try to just sort of get us on to a similar page in order to unpack what it is we're actually talking about. So, uh, who or what is the Holy Spirit, according to the Bible? Um, In the scriptures, we find two words uh, that we translate Holy Spirit. Um, The first word in Hebrew, which takes place in the Old Testament, is the word ruach, which means breath or wind. Uh, In the New Testament, we have a Greek word, pneuma, uh, which again means breath. Uh, which are kind of these like mysterious descriptions. And then um, it didn't help things when one of the first English translations of the Bible, the King James Version, translated these words. Uh, The translators (laughs) chose to use the word Holy Ghost, uh, which does not help us in the confusion department, right? Because I don't know what your experience with ghosts is, but mine is they just make everything more confusing. Um, uh, Everyone's like, am I allowed to laugh at that? Is she kidding? Does she believe in ghosts? Um, You'll, you don't know. Um, 
but Holy Ghost. It's just a bad translation, honestly. Spirit is a much better translation of the words that are, are being used here. Uh, because both of these words mean breath, and that is essential. It's not lost on me uh, that in both the Hebrew and the Greek, uh, the words mean breath. It's our, our first clue into the importance of the Holy Spirit comes from the word construction. Because just as vital to life uh, as breath is, so is the Spirit of God. So is the Holy Spirit to our spiritual and uh, physical flourishing. So uh, these two words, they show up many, many times in the scriptures. I'm just going to do a flyby and hit some highlights. Uh, The first time we see the word ruach is in Genesis 1 in God's creation story. uh, When we find God's breath, his spirit, uh, hovering over what was dark and empty and waiting to be created. And then in the creation story, we find that that the Spirit has a crucial role to play in the creation of the universe, but also of humanity. Um, A few chapters later in the book of Job, there's this poem kind of looking back on creation. And and Job uh, says that there's this beautiful line that talks about God's breath, his spirit being blown into the nostrils of humanity from the very beginning of creation. Uh, While God's Spirit has an active role to play in creation, uh, the Holy Spirit's work does not stop there. We find uh, the Spirit of God throughout the entire Old Testament. And what we find is that God's Spirit comes at particular times, uh, to particular places, and to particular people for particular purposes. Uh, For example... Uh, In the book of Judges, we see the Spirit empower and fill the judges uh, like Deborah with wisdom on behalf of the people of Israel. God's imparted wisdom into judges to protect and bring order to his people. Uh, We see the Spirit of God ordain and anoint people all throughout the Old Testament uh, for the jobs that God has for them. Uh, Moses, Joshua, uh, elders and prophets. Uh, We see the Holy Spirit anoint uh, uh, kings like Saul in 1 Samuel 10 and then uh, six chapters later in 1 Samuel 16, we we have the Holy Spirit anointing David as king. Uh, In Isaiah, the Holy Spirit works through the entire book um, with the prophecies around Jesus, around the Messiah who who will come. Uh, We see the Spirit of God creating in the Old Testament. We see the Spirit of God directing in the Old Testament. Uh, Like in Zechariah 4, where where the breath of God creates a way for the people of God where there seems to be no way for them. Uh, The Spirit does the work of protection. The Spirit does the work of restoration. In, In Ezekiel 39, God pours His Spirit out over His chosen people in order to restore them and put them back together and also to bring protection over them. And then in one of uh, my personal favorite places, in Joel chapter 2, God says that he will one day in full pour out his spirit on all people regardless of their age and regardless of their gender, making clear that the spirit's work uh, is not based on the world's uh, qualification for empowering, but on God's qualifications for who he will empower. And there are plenty more. I haven't even touched the Psalms yet. But the Spirit of God, the Ruach, the breath of God is all over the Old Testament, empowering, calling, prophesying, creating, revealing God's will for his chosen people. 
And then we have the New Testament, uh, where God's breath continues in presence and in power. The pneuma of God um, continues and spreads far and wide. The Spirit is very much a part of Jesus' life and Jesus' ministry. We learn in Luke 1 that Jesus was born of God's breath, that Jesus was born of the pneuma of God. And then the Spirit of God guides Jesus. Hebrews 9 tells us that the Spirit empowers Jesus to live a sinless life. Uh, Luke 4 tells us that the Spirit directed all of Jesus' movements on the earth. Uh, And then Romans 8 tells us that God's breath is what raised Jesus from the dead, that the pneuma of God was the power that raised Christ from the dead. And then as Jesus returns to heaven, uh, he leaves God's spirit in the world. He leaves his breath in the world to do the same for God's people as had happened to him. And in the book of Acts, we begin to see that happening, like what we read today. We see the spirit instruct and empower the apostles and the early church. And then over and over and over again, as the early church grew, we, we see the spirit of God bring comfort and hope and power, and presence, and healing, revealing truths about who God is and what the life of Jesus means in the world. The scriptures are absolutely full of the breath of God, the Holy Spirit. So, again, I ask, what is the Spirit? The Bible tells us that that the breath, the Spirit of God, is a being that is present and active both in the world and in God's people. The way we say it at the Vineyard is we say we believe in the person, presence, and power of the Holy Spirit. Meaning that we believe that the Holy Spirit is a person. Kind of like the video said, uh, of the third person of the Trinity, which includes the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The simple yet not simple way of saying this is that we believe that God exists in three persons that are completely co-equal and completely co-eternal. And that each of these persons have unique and different roles in the flourishing of the world, but that they work together in community, in harmony, in shalom, and in perfect unity. They drive, essentially, they drive the car together Uh, One of them is not greater or less than the other. The Holy Spirit is not less than or greater than God or Jesus in power or purpose or presence. Uh, I want to read a quote today that I uh, think is fantastic and helpful here. And I'm a little bit partial to it because... um, the woman I'm going to quote, her name's Di Layman, and she's my mentor. And she wrote a book called Hello, Holy Spirit, and I feel like she answers this question so well. Sawyer, I think I got a slide for this one. She says this, Who is the Holy Spirit? He's not a ghost, an impersonal force, or an elusive power out there. He is neither a doctrine to be studied nor a distant deity to be feared. He is a person to be known and loved. He is God himself. He is one of the three persons of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, three persons. He is God's gift of himself to each of us. He makes the Christian life indescribably beautiful and a fun-filled delight. I especially love it for that last line. Uh, Who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is neither a doctrine to be studied nor a distant deity to be feared. He is a person to be known and loved, both fully God and at the same time a gift of God to each of us. More than that, he is God's gift of himself, of his presence to us in the world. 
So over the next few weeks, uh, what my hope is is that we will mine the scriptures in order to see what we can take and learn um, from them about who the Holy Spirit is and how he acts and impacts uh, the world. Uh, For the rest of our time today, I want to talk about just one of those ways. One of the attributes, one of the ways of the Holy Spirit is a gift to us and to the world. Um, Throughout the entirety of the Bible, uh, one consistent way that we see the power and presence of God's Spirit is in the work of revealing. I've said that word a couple of times. Uh, The Holy Spirit is constantly and consistently working in us and working in the world to reveal the nature and character of God and the presence and the power of his kingdom. And I want to talk about three ways that this revealing happens. Uh, The first is this. Uh, The Holy Spirit reveals these things, God's nature and character, and his kingdom at work. He reveals these things to us by what he births in us. Uh, As our text today tells us, the Holy Spirit is the gift of God to everyone who follows Jesus. Uh, And this gift is an indwelling in each of us of God's breath. The breath of God inside of us. The gift of God himself inside of us. And this indwelling presence of the Spirit reveals and uncovers within us who God is and the kingdom of Jesus uh, at work in the world. Uh, There's a story in John chapter 3 where this religious leader, he comes to Jesus and and they're talking about what it means to be a, a, a follower of Jesus. And they have this interesting conversation. But at one point, Jesus tells Nicodemus, this religious leader that he's talking about, he he unpacks what the work of the Holy Spirit is and how the Holy Spirit works in the world. And he says this in John 3. He says, you know well enough how the wind blows this way and that way. You hear it rustling through the trees, but you have no idea where it comes from or where it's headed next. That is the way it is with everyone born from above by the wind of God, the Spirit of God. Uh, Jesus explains to Nicodemus the revealing work of God's Spirit. He says that waking up to Jesus, to a relationship with Jesus, is a revealing work of the Spirit of God. That it is God's breath that draws us to Jesus, that explains things to us, that makes known in us what was previously unknown before. It is God's spirit who births eternity into us, spiritual life and vitality into us. Which means that saying yes to Jesus means that the Holy Spirit lives inside all of us. Revealing to you throughout your life more and more of God. And throughout your life, more and more of Jesus. And throughout your life, more and more of his kingdom at work in you and in the world. The Spirit guides us, directs us, empowers us for what is to come like the wind that blows, giving us eyes to see what God is up to in the world. Uh, In John 16, Jesus is talking about the Spirit again, and he says it like this. He says, the Spirit of truth will take you by the hand and guide you into all the truth there is in the world. And I think this is really important because there are quite a few of us in this room who maybe show up and feel a bit insecure or maybe less than because maybe we don't know as much about Jesus as everybody else in the room. And I just want to say um, that one of the Holy Spirit's favorite things to do in the world is to reveal more of who he is. To reveal more of who God is, who Jesus is, what the kingdom is. And so if you are here and you are curious and you long to know more, the spirit is here and will do exactly what you're longing for. He will. It's part of who he is. It's it's part of what he does. 
If you're here and you feel like you have more to learn, that does not make you less than in the spirit of God. It actually, I think, makes you his cup of tea. So welcome. Uh, Here's the second thing of the revealing work of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit uh, does not just um, birth in us as, as we wake up to Jesus, it's not just birth in us in that initial time. The Holy Spirit will also continue the work of revealing all throughout our lives. Uh, revelation from the Spirit is not a one-time gift. It's something that keeps happening over and over and over again. The, the work of clarity and confusion, of, of making what was unknown known, this is the continued work of God through His Spirit in His people all the days of our lives. In my experience, God, He longs to be known. He, he wants to be discovered. And the Spirit will work alongside us and within us. And uh, through us, in order to help us discover the ways and means of God, he will help clear up confusion. He will untangle knots, and, and knots in our world, knots in our lives, knots in our uh, theology. There's this uh, book in the Old Testament uh, called Isaiah. And I, say by the bell. <laughs> it's all right. Okay. Uh, Graham got up to go to class. That's it. There's only two. Okay. Uh, there's a, there's a, poem, a book of poems in, in the Old Testament called Isaiah, and it's a, a book of prophecies uh, um, from God to his people. And, and there's this one poem in chapter 27 that God uh, gives to Isaiah where he's promising that he's kind of honestly like a sort of a scary poem, but uh, God is like promising that he will purge evil and protect his people. And the poem starts out like this. It says, in that day, sing about the fruitful vineyard. I, the Lord, will watch over it, watering it carefully day and night. I will watch so no one can harm it. It's a beautiful verse, and like I said, an otherwise scary poem, but it's so reminiscent of this part of the Spirit's work in our lives. God is is the keeper and and the tender, the compassionate gardener of of this world, of his vineyard, and he will keep watch over us. He will water us. He will protect us. The clarifying work of God's spirit in our lives will work like this. He, through his spirit, will tend to us. And he, through his spirit, uh, will watch us, water us all the days of our lives. Let me give you an example um, from my own life. Uh, A couple of years ago, I was just really struggling. I was very deeply confused uh, about a lot of things, and um, God just seemed to be out to lunch. Has anyone ever had this experience? You're like, are you coming back? We'll see. Um, And and our staff was going to this conference in Phoenix. Uh, It was our whole denomination was meeting in Phoenix for a a vineyard conference. And uh, Chad, who is our former and beloved associate pastor, uh, did a very Chad thing where when before we left, he called each of us on staff and he said, what do you hope from or expect from God in the next week? And it was a very inconvenient question for me um, because at that time in my life, God was feeling pretty confusing and very unknowable. And so when Chad called and asked me, I want to say I was kind, but I was like, I don't know Chad, I think was my exact statement. I guess I just need to hear from him, but that'll never happen because it's not happening right now. And Chad is gracious and kind um, with my sassy attitude a lot. And, um, and he just responds, and it's the weirdest thing. He was like, you know, if Jordan Sang is there, you should ask him to pray for you. And side note, Jordan Sang is uh, my friend Chad's, like, celebrity crush of Christians. I don't know if you're allowed to have those. That sounds weird. But 
He loves him. Like it is his hero in ministry. Also, Jordan saying doesn't come to vineyard conferences. So this is an absurd statement. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're into this guy, but like he doesn't even, he doesn't even come here. And, um, and so anyway. Um, we uh, go to this conference, and the last night that we're there, um, he, uh, somebody on stage says, if you're a female pastor in the room, you should get someone to pray for you. Like, we think the Spirit has something for you. You should get someone to pray for you. And so I'm like, okay, fine. And so I go and find Di. I'm trying to find Di, my mentor that I was just talking about, because she used to be over the Holy Spirit for the vineyard. I don't even know how that's a job, but, but she was. And I was like, that's who I should probably get to pray for me. And, and she's already gone. She's left. And then I find my... My celebrity crush in the Christian circles is a preacher named Eleanor Mumford, who's like this amazing, tiny, powerhouse lady preacher. And I was like, I'll get Eleanor to pray for me. I don't know her, but I'll try. And I find her, and she's like huddled up with her friends, laughing and crying. And I'm like, I can't, you know, interrupt that. And so I'm kind of just like, of course, this is how this happens. This is God's me right now. This is how we're interacting right now. And so I'm like walking up this aisle kind of defeated and, um, and I bump into this person, this very tall person, and I bump in eye level with this person and I read the name tag and it says Jordan Sang. And I was like, hello. <laughs> and he says, hi. And I said, this is going to be really weird. But someone told me that if you were here, I should get you to pray for me. And he said, Okay. And when he prayed for me, and I don't know how to describe it, other than as he prayed, what had been unknowable for months became knowable. And as he prayed, what had been confusing for months found clarity. And, and, and specifically and intentionally, the Holy Spirit used this prayer to reveal to me things I had been asking for for months and months and months and months. There's nothing magic about Jordan saying, I just think it's cool how it happened. The Spirit does this in many different ways, reveals to us more about us and more about God and more about the kingdom all throughout our lives. Okay, last one, number three. The revealing work of the Spirit... It's like happening every time I do the points. that I, I timed that perfectly. I've been practicing all morning. Um, okay, last one, number three. Um, the revealing work of the Spirit does not just happen in us, but also through us. Uh, the Holy Spirit reveals himself to us for the good of others. Uh, there's a story in Acts chapter 8 where one of Jesus' disciples, this guy named Philip, um, gets this like impression from the Spirit that he needs to go stand in this, on this one road at this one time and wait and see what happens. And so he's standing on this road, and this like chariot uh, arrives on this road. And in the chariot is an Ethiopian eunuch. Uh, who is kind of like the CFO for uh, the, the queen of Ethiopia. Her name's Queen Candace. And so we have this Ethiopian eunuch, and he's in this carriage. And what Philip discovers when he sees the carriage is that the eunuch is reading the scriptures. And that makes no sense to Philip, because like it's not even supposed to be there yet. And so uh, the, the spirit tells Philip to get inside the carriage. And so he gets inside the carriage, and he's like, what are you reading? And the eunuch tells him, and, and, and he's very confused about some things. And they have this conversation where they invite each other into their own lives and stories and to unpack the scriptures uh, together to see uh, what they mean. And the spirit reveals and uncovers and clarifies things for the eunuch through this interaction with Philip. And the story ends with the eunuch like becoming a follower of Jesus. He gets baptized on the spot. It's this great moment where he's like, there's some water. Want to? And Philip's like, okay. Um, 
And, and they do it. And, and Acts, the book of Acts is filled with stories like this, where the Spirit leads and guides and empowers uh, people in order to reveal the truth of God uh, all throughout the world. Where, like Philip, the Spirit leads people to find each other. And then by opening up their lives and their stories and their gifts uh, and their knowledge to each other, the Spirit reveals the good news of Jesus. And he clears up confusion. And he uncovers what was previously unknown. Uh, That didn't just stop in the Bible. We have stories like that here in this room. Some of you are here because you heard about Jesus from someone in this room in a way that you had never heard it before. Or maybe the Spirit used someone in this room to offer you clarity in a confusing place uh, in your life or your faith or to uncover something that had been unknown to you previously. It happens all the time here. It happens in our core groups on like an every other week basis because that's how often we meet. And, um, and it happens all the time through Discovery Bible Study. I, I, in mine, I, like, I learn something Every single time, almost, uh, something it uncovers that I hadn't known before or clarifies that that felt confusing. Uh, it keeps happening for me in the prayer clinics that we've had over the last couple of years once a month uh, where I learn something brand new. And, and the, the, these revelations, these, 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 these revelations of true things, they lead to transformation in our lives. Honestly, they lead to transformation in our lives more than a sermon ever could, I think. People can stand on stage and talk to you all of your life, and I think the Spirit uses that. Uh, It's my job, so I really believe it. Um, But the Spirit doesn't just use preachers and doesn't just use church staff people. That's what makes him so fun, and that's what makes him so scary. He will and can use anybody. He will use anyone, anywhere to do his work, even you, even me. That's part of the delight You have been filled with the Spirit of God, and therefore he will use you to do the work of revelation and the work of clarification and unveiling in the lives of people you know and in the lives of people you do not know. And he will use people you know and do not know to do the same thing to you. And it will come, if you're paying attention, it will come from the wildest places because he will use kids He will use adults. He will use experts. He will and often uses hooligans. It'll happen. He will use anybody. For Philip, it was a a eunuch from Ethiopia. And for the eunuch of Ethiopia, it was a Jew standing in the middle of the road for no apparent reason. For me one time, it it was this guy who wore this giant coat, and I thought he was homeless, but it turned out he was just so lonely that he wore it on his clothes. And he came and visited our church, and he filled out a Connect card, which, by the way, if you're here and you've never filled out a Connect card, we would love for you to do that. Um, uh, He fills out a Connect card, and he puts it in the offering box. And on the back side where Aaron talked about we have places to pray, on the back side he wrote this. He wrote, will you pray for me like you you would pray for the crappiest person you've ever met? Except he didn't say crap. He used the bowling word. That was funny. Um, so he, he, he does that. He writes that on a thing, and we get it, and we're like, hee, 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 but also, oh. And then uh, one day, he knocks on my front door, and I answer it, and I'm like, hey. And he says, I want to tell you all the ways I've destroyed my life. And he comes in, and he does. And it turned out he was the crappiest person I'd ever met. In so many ways, 
But the Spirit had been revealing himself to this guy in, in brand new ways, clarifying things, uncovering things that he had never known before. And he said that the Holy Spirit had been using me to do it. And then he said this. He said, that made him really mad because he didn't even believe that women were allowed to do what I was doing. And he said he especially doesn't like women preachers or preachers who tell stories that, and I'm quoting him here, are pointless and not as funny as I think they are. (laughs) But through his tears, he sits down and he asks me to sit with him in his discovery. And what was wild was that the Holy Spirit wasn't just using me uh, in the work of revelation in his life. It went the other way around too. And I didn't particularly love that because he kind of scared me. And I think my stories are hilarious. But in that season of life, the Spirit used him as one of my greatest teachers. Listen, I, I know that the world is bonkers. But we can And I think should trust the Holy Spirit to hold our hands and guide us, revealing all truth to us. And we can ask him to do it through us, and we can ask him to do it all around us in the places where we live, in the places where we work and we learn and we play. It's what he's up to in the world. And so I want to take a minute and I want to do that. I want to invite the Holy Spirit. We believe the Holy Spirit's here in the room, but we just want to um, wake up to the presence of the Spirit of God and, and, and I, to do whatever it is that we need. If we need him to uh, reveal Jesus to us, then let's allow some space for him to do that work. And if we need him um, to, to reveal Jesus to someone that we love, let's take space and, and ask him to do that work. Or if you're here and you feel like you're swimming in something unknowable or confusing or maybe hurtful or painful, then let's ask him for revelation there, for clarification there. Whatever it is that you need, we can ask him. So um, here's what we're going to do. If you feel, we're just going to take a minute and pray. There are going to be some verses on the screen. Uh, We're just going to be silent. I'm not going to make you do anything. Uh, But if you're interested um, in this time, this is something that I do. If you would just like open up your hands. There's nothing magic about doing this. I just like, I just need sometimes to connect my body to what I'm trying to do in my mind or trying to do in my heart. And so whatever like a posture of acceptance looks like, it sort of looks like I want to hear from you. And so if you want to open up your hands, you can close your eyes, you can do whatever you want to do. But I'm just going to, Ask the Holy Spirit to come, and then we're just going to sit and allow him to do the work of revealing. So, Jesus, we invite your spirit in this room. Come, Holy Spirit. And we ask that you would wake us up to the person, the presence, and the power of your spirit here and now. You are the keeper of of the vineyard, you are the keeper of us, of our souls. You will tend to us, you will water us, and so we ask you to do that in this moment. Would you reveal yourself to us more fully? Would you reveal yourself to those we love more fully? And would you clarify what feels confusing and uncover what might be feels unknown in this moment?